0: restaurant unstoppable episode 645
1: with ben berg there's two a's in this business one you never do and one you should always do right you never assume anything you're gonna really screw up if you assume but you gotta anticipate everything are you ready for it factors success stories
0: It doesn't get easier than Cake. Cake is the point of sale built for restaurants that's easy to set up and use. With cloud-based access from any device, 24-7 customer support, and a lifetime access to Cake University, how could you not love Cake? To learn more about Cake point of sale, head over to trycake.com slash unstoppable. And because you're a Restaurant Unstoppable listener, you will save $750 off activation. Again, that's trycake.com slash unstoppable. Stoppable. For years, restaurant owners have been pleading for more integration in their restaurants, and they finally got it. Restaurant 365 is a cloud-based, all-in-one, restaurant-specific accounting and back-office platform that seamlessly integrates with POS systems, payroll providers, and food and beverage vendors. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and a free inventory build in Restaurant 365 a value of $5,000. Here is a statistic for you. 89% bento.com slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. Get on it with excitement. Allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Ben Berg. Ben, my man, are you feeling unstoppable today? I don't have a choice, right? (laughs) I like it. Uh, So born in New York City, Ben Berg has been in the restaurant business for over 17 years, working for upscale steakhouses in Las Vegas, Mexico City, and his hometown. Prior to his career in restaurants, Berg received a Master's of Hospitality Management from Cornell University and a BA in Art History from Tulane University. Berg would go on to work for The Point, a luxury hotel company, voted the number one small hotel in the country at the time. In 2015, Berg opened B.B. Butchers in restaurants in Houston, Texas, three years after the original B.B. Butcher. Uh, The Berg Hospitality Group was formed and has scaled to include an additional b&b butchers two B in two bb lemons bb italia bb pizza to go and coming soon the Annie cafe and bar that's a lot of bees uh but i'm really excited to dive into your story to find out how you got to where you are today and to to learn what we will learn from you i'm sure uh, but let's get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra what do you got for us don't fuck it up don't fuck it up dive into that how does that resonate with you
1: well, you know, we've been working. I mean, it's been crazy four years since we opened the first B&B. Um, was it With under five years. We'll have seven restaurants open, I think. Um, but, you know, this business is all about people. We've put together a really good team, and we don't want to fuck up a good thing.
0: Yeah. You know, that's one thing I'm sure we'll talk about eventually, something that I'm really interested in, and in how you've been able to put together this team and scale so quickly in such a short amount of time and while maintaining all that culture and everything must be really difficult and it, it seems like you're pulling it off from the outside looking in so I can't wait to, to gather your advice there but let's start with where the story starts um, where did where does it make sense to start sharing your story when did you know that hospitality was going to be your career um,
1: I mean it's definitely right after college um, which college is that Tulane. okay yeah. I mean I I, I, um, I got a job in a bar when I was in school, um, this sounds horrible, but it was mainly to, like, kind of escape a very needy girlfriend. Okay. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, did, I, I didn't have the balls to be like, hey, can I just <laughs> go out with my friends tonight? So <laughs> I uh, my roommate was working at a bar. I got a job. I was started off bouncing the first night. And, you know, it's in New Orleans, so the, the rules were a little different then. And I think, what was it? When so, I was a, a ID checker, and if you went on the early shift, right at like eight a.m. Uh, eight p.m., you uh, you were allowed to drink like the premium alcohol while you're working. Okay, and then from midnight on, because you we usually didn't get off until like six a.m., um, you had to drink the well. And I think that I think at the time I was drinking like Jack and Coke or something. <laughs> this and is like two thousand just for uh, like
0: reference. ninety. Nine.
1: I graduated in two thousand, so it was probably ninety eight. Gotcha. And uh, I think I got so drunk. I was IDing people on the way out. But then, you know, moved up to bar back and bartender and then help managing. And um, and I was ready to graduate. And I really liked it. I'd stay during the summers because I transferred there and was working in other restaurants in the quarter. And um, I enjoyed it. And I didn't really know what I was going to do. I thought oh, I could take the LSATs or do something, become a lawyer. And... I spoke to my dad. He goes, "Well, you like this, you know? You seem to like the hospitality thing, the bar." And I was like, "Yeah, I do like it." So, so what was it about the hospitality thing? What, what sucked you in? What, what was... Well, I grew growing up in New York City. I had a lot of friends. Uh, actually, I think almost all of them went into finance, okay, or Wall Street, whatever. And I had worked summer jobs, floor of the stock exchange. Uh, maybe that's what I was like a delivery boy. Basically, when you work on the New York <laughs> Stock Exchange for like a two dollar broker, my day was. I knew breakfast. I had to get all the egg and cheese sandwiches for him. I like my day was just by the eating habits yep. of my bosses. So, gotcha. you know, then it was lunch, and then it was ice cream, and then it was you know if they were having a good day and it was a Friday, they'd send me out to uh, White Castle and have to bring back like three hundred White Castle burgers okay. for the floor. <laughs> oh.
0: So, at what point? So, you're in the industry, you enjoy it. Um, when did you start living intentionally to start building like a career and building a reputation for yourself?
1: Well, I mean, I went straight to work. I started off as a bellman at the Lake Placid Lodge, which was the same owners as the Point. So this time, so now you're out of Louisiana. You moved back to. I went to the Adirondacks. You went back to New York, right? New York, yeah, yep. upstate, upstate. Yeah, the Adirondacks, a gorgeous place. So what brought you there? What made you choose that? location? An opportunity for the Lake Placid Lodge and the Point. I mean, they okay. were land chateau properties. In this business, I think it's always great to start way up high because you can always bring it down. But if you don't know the top mm-hmm. and how the top works, like that's, you know, you know everyone talks about hospitality and service, right? Service you can teach. Mm-hmm. Hospitality you can't. Um, the top top places they live and breathe hospitality. Yeah, and I love that it's the it's the primacy
0: law, right? The law right. of primal or whatever that that saying is. But basically, the the idea is that whatever the first influence is, is what the standard is going to be. It's what you're going to expect. So if you set that bar high from day one, it's going to be that much easier. You don't right. have to like get rid of the bad habits and c- constantly try to become better because you're starting from the top. And it's just yep. that
1: much easier. Um, is that kind of what is, am I picking up what you're saying? Yeah, putting I mean, I think. I th- I mean, you always want to strive for the absolute best. Now, now, is, does that need to be in every concept? No. But, I mean, I don't know. I think it's incredible. You look at Chick-fil-A. Right. They touch tables at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Obviously, somebody in that company looked at, wow, I mean, a steakhouse or a top restaurant. Managers walking around asking how your meal is. Yeah. Or may I offer you something? Chick-fil-A, they do that. It's incredible. So, this is the uh, Point Hotel Group, right? It was called, at the time, it was called the Garrett Hotel Group. Okay. Uh, they owned The Point, which was an old Rockefeller great camp on Saranac Lake, Lake Placid Lodge, uh, which was on Lake Placid. So,
0: so let's get specific. Who who were some of the people that were really influencing you? Because you were there for a few years, right? Because I think I've written down, it was
1: like 2006 when you went to Cornell University. Yeah, so, so you had a good chunk of your... I, I was with them basically from 2000 to I think around... 2003, four. Okay. I would moved down and opened up another property with them in South Carolina. So reflecting
0: back at your, you know, four or five years with the or whatever it uh-huh. was
1: with these, with this group,
0: uh, this hotel group, who were the people that really stand out as far as who taught you the most or who impressed you the most, uh, who you had the most admiration for because of their respect or whatever.
1: Oh, I then mean, there's two people. One is still, I would say if you talk about mentors, I still call this guy every day, not every day, but you know, Questions or anything. Um, this guy, Mark Stebbings, who was actually he got me more into the fine dining side of restaurants. Um, and then the original COO, this guy, Philip Wood, who. Uh, an incredible hotel guy. OK, so, um, so what did Mark teach you? And Mark taught me everything from service to you know how how to treat employees how to motivate you know the big thing in this business is we're so employee heavy right and to be successful you got to take people from all walks of life and then stick them together in a high intensity environment um where you also have to kind of say you know you don't matter really the guest matters Mm -hmm. um and everything we do is for the guest Right. So he taught
0: you to 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 take the attention off
1: of yourself and put it on the guest and make yes. it about the guest. One hundred um,
0: percent. He also you mentioned he he taught you how to how to treat employees.
1: Get specific. What what's paint that picture of what treating your employees. Well, I mean well the main thing. Like. I mean, so I, I mean this was, I don't to say it was owned by Americans but it was run in a really European way. Okay. So if you don't know European restaurant and even hotels, it's a grind. I mean they. You don't get paid well you work tons of hours you're usually not clocking in you're not supposed to be clocked in for all your hours right i mean all that's changed now but yeah at that time i mean when i i moved down to south carolina with them and i was assistant food and beverage director for this new hotel they were opening and i did the math i was making less than six dollars an hour wow which is brutal <laughs> but i've learned I learned what not to do But I also learned How they motivated me anyway How did they motivate you anyway Because you didn't have You didn't have There was no There was no idea of failure Right It had to go on And that's the thing About a restaurant Or a hotel You don't People are there Yeah You just can't turn it off
0: If it goes If things go south You don't just say
1: Okay we're done And you all need to leave now It's like You gotta recover You 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 gotta You don't have the option Mm -hmm. Um but, like, Mark Stebbings, who at that time was the dining room manager at the Lake Plaza Lodge, he went on to be general manager of the Point and opened up other places. Now he's general manager of Miraval in Tucson. Um, but he just has a way with people. You know, probably the biggest thing I pulled from him is watching him talk to me to motivate me, and then he could go over to somebody else and talk to them in a different way, right? Because not everybody... Reacts to the same thing. Yeah. And if I have, I mean, now, I don't know, I have probably 25, 30 managers, I, they're all different. Yeah. And, and, and they all react differently to things. So, um, so
0: what I'm hearing is extreme emotional intelligence, being able to be that chameleon right. and adapt to each person's uh, level, where, where they're at emotionally, and matching them, and handling them and their special needs. Uh, tailored, tailor fit handling basically uh, so anything else worth mentioning about Mark before we talk a little bit about Philip Wood and what he taught you
1: um, I mean Mark is just awesome he just has a way with he gets hospitality he gets people he also know. you know I think it's one of our successes and what we keep striving for always teaching to evolve the world changes guest preferences change you got to change with them you can't get stuck mm-hmm. you know so how do, do you work that into your budget? Like, do you put money away so you can involve? How- well, we listen to what the guests are saying. We try to, you know, watch the trends. I mean, right now there's, I think, a disgusting trend. But the first bite everybody takes is with their phone, taking a picture. I know. So, <laughs> you know, what's important? The, 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 the presentation's freaking important. I mean, if, if, I'm gonna tell you, I personally feel that I could put like acid in a dish. But if it looks gorgeous (laughs) and they get likes on their phone, Mm -hmm. uh, on their Instagram or whatever, it's going to have a bigger impact. I'm going to get a great review. Yeah. You've made them feel good and that's okay, right? Yeah. It's really okay because I I, I think especially now with phones and email, whatever, it's so fast, right? Everybody looks what we look to do. You know, it's always about the experience, right? And everything's experience, the way you decorate and put everything uh, together. But... It's about a moment, so if I you know if you can create a moment for each guest at your table, that's what they're looking for.
0: What's your favorite way to create a moment? It's all different.
1: I mean, you pick up on something you know honestly, it's just bringing out a, a cookie to a little kid at a table and it, what that does for the parents or something like that that you, you just pick up what's going on on the table. yeah, I mean Mark, he used to teach me when I was doing dining room management with him. We had this like, exercise where we'd just stand in the corner, and you'd glance over the room, and he'd say, okay, tell me what's going on on every table right now, without even talking to them, picking up on, on if a couple's staring into each other's eyes, okay, now they're in love, right? Mm. Don't bother them. you know. Give them service, but stay away if they're not talking to each other, right? Like yeah. Maybe we got to go in and uh, yeah, liven it up. I got um, you. A bunch of business guys, right? Get their ego going. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, I, I tell people, Steakhouse. Steakhouse, we don't really serve steaks all the time. We sell ego, right? I mean, you've made it in life. You can afford that $60 steak and big bottles of cab. Yeah. And, and we want you to feel good. Like, it's important you're here. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is just
0: be receptive of the the room. Take everything in and then create custom fit yeah. Uh, experiences For each individual That's in that room And you do that By by exceeding expectation Right By doing yeah. what's not expected When you do something That's not
1: expected That's a moment Because it becomes memorable Well it's like I, I learned two things like, One I learned from mistake Right But uh, There's two A's In this business One you never do And one you should always do Right You never assume anything mm. You're going to really Screw up if you assume But you got to Anticipate everything mm. Yes,
0: I love it. The two A's, that might be the title of today's episode. I love it. So uh, have we talked about Philip Wood? Was that Philip that taught you that? Or no, no. I mean, about-
1: everything was really Mark. Philip was like the big boss man, okay. um, unbelievable operator. I mean, I think he's been the GM of some of the top properties um, in the United States, probably in Europe as well. Um, but he taught me that real professionalism in this business. Yeah, you know, because especially Europeans, they look at hospitality as a profession. Yeah. And I think he installed in me the faith that this is a profession. You know, a lot of places in America. Pride, like right? Yeah, pride in it. And this is something, you know, it's, it's like being on Wall Street or being a lawyer. It, it, it's real. Mm. Whereas I feel in the United States, you know, obviously now TV's kind of screwed it up. But chefs are stars and whatever. Everyone, I mean. Websites get clicks. I mean, restaurant articles and food news just sells, right? Yeah. People are interested in it. But um, you know, being a server is a noble job. Absolutely, you know, it takes a very special person. Yeah, to and you to can do make a of. lot of money.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Especially if you get those regulars that come in—not yeah. just to that restaurant, but they're coming into the server. You're making yeah. that restaurant money because of who you are. Um, so let's let's move it forward. Because after the uh, Point Hotel Group, uh, you went to Cornell, correct? So something was really sparked
1: inside well, I, of me. Well, I, I was sold on the business. Yeah. Um, you know, being getting a degree in art history and a minor in Latin uh, didn't give me the best foundation for understanding numbers, um, but I had a lot of interest in it, and I knew to move on. Listen, I, I, I could be like modest and say, or, you know, I had the hospitality thing. I knew I had... How would you know? Because I enjoyed it. Because mm. it made me happy to make mm. people feel good. Like, like, when you look for things, how can I make this guest experience better? And then you go home with this high mm-hmm. that, wow, I killed that tonight. You know you have it. I love it, man. You know? Um, so what were the big lessons you learned at Cornell? That How did Cornell set you up for success? What would have happened the if you numbers didn't... numbers matter, room? man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, spreadsheeting, really forecasting properly, living by budgets. You know this business, the restaurant business. I mean, yeah, we, you got to serve great food, you got to have great hospitality, but the amount of shit they deal with when it comes to money and numbers, and you know, you got to set yourself up for to be successful financially. What's one number that um, restaurant tours don't track that uh, you learned
0: from tra- going to the Cornell? Like a, a less obvious. I mean, we know the numbers are important, but what's
1: one thing, one specific? Well, I, thing? I, I mean, it's your. It, The big one, you you got to, it's really got to understand your occupancy cost, right? There's just a lot more that goes into it when it, when between real estate taxes and rent and can you afford it? You know, do you have the money to go for six months while you're building a business, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the big, I I mean, that's a big one. Labor's huge. I I mean, in this world, I mean, I offer great benefits, but but that's because I want to, but I want to also be able to afford it, right? Mm I just think it's 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 letting the numbers kind of. You might have a great idea, a great concept, but it doesn't matter. Concept doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean shit. You gotta execute. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be able to pay the bills. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think some people get blinded by their concept or their vision or their dream, and they don't look at that spreadsheet or they don't even really forecast. Like the forecast is not even based on the location or a traffic or. It's, you know, there's really successful companies serving food that make a lot of decisions off of the numbers. Mm-hmm. And Cornell gave me, I'd say, that, like, background and that structure to also, you know, not let myself fly. Say, oh, I got this great concept. We're going to go do this. in is the perfect area. No, you got to go look back and you got to be able to be comfortable. Do diligence, right? Tap the brakes. Right. Figure and, it out. And also be comfortable to, to numbers can tell you things. That the ability to analyze them and look at them, and they can tell you where you're not doing good. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people, they don't want to see that all the time, or they just, well, the numbers aren't. Well, listen, if you're like food costs is getting really high, and you're not believing it, but maybe everyone's returning this steak because the steak sucks, (laughs) you, you know. But. They tell you the truth about your business, yeah. which is is a reality, yeah. and, and th- you have to understand it. I think it's a, we live in a time now where it's never
0: been easier to get the numbers. Right. Our point of sale will spit out data after oh, data. Yeah. There's so much data that our point of sale, and I don't think people leverage it nearly enough. You can get an email to your inbox every morning about what happened. It's literally the pulse of your business shot to you every day. So we are
1: living in a really cool time right now. Well, I mean, you just take... And then the numbers can help you give a better guest experience. Yeah. I mean I mean you know, I, I can find out now through different integrations exactly what certain like r- regular guests are drinking how much they like to spend how much are they spending on a wednesday opposed to a saturday which goes back to that anticipation that right. i mentioned earlier now you have the numbers to
0: help you anticipate not just the gut feeling right. but you have the data that you can get ahead of the guests and what they're going to order you yeah. know i love it did i cut you short no no. okay good. cool um so anything worth any key mentors worth mentioning at now before we move on to your first real like restaurant experience uh working at the uh, not the you were working in restaurants uh at the hotels and in college, but Alan Stillman concepts is kind of where your restaurant career yeah. took off, right? Uh huh. What's, is it worth going there now? Or is there, I don't want to miss, jump over anything. No, we can All go. right. So, why Alan Stillman? Why, what was it about that concept? I mean, you said you go for the best out of the gates. In, in your opinion, was this the best steakhouse in, uh, was it New York? Man, I'm trying to
1: think how I got involved with them. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. i put you on the spot. Um, I don't, I really have a Paul, I, I know my first position, it was more in the back of the house, right? It was uh, Storting, um, which, you know, I, I learned a lot of things from them, good and bad. Um, but Storting, in kind of the Smith and Walensky world, and, and, and we do it, is your purchaser. He, the guy, I mean, he's like, without this guy, the restaurant will not run. He's the guy in there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Proteins are the most important for a steakhouse, right? I mean, there's, there's your money. Um, you know, we count the, you know, we were counting constantly, blah, 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 doing all the ordering, trying to get the best deals. New York was interesting. There's always these couple vendors you had to buy at least once from a week. Otherwise, you know, maybe your knees get broken or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but Alistom is a brilliant, I, I probably. He's probably one of the more, most brilliant restaurant marketers there is. Yeah, what was it that that he did that made him so brilliant in marketing? Ah, he just had a way to capture people. I mean, he, he had no problem telling. I mean, I mean, Smith Olenski. Take Smith Olenski. Do you know the history of Smith Olenski? I don't, but okay. uh, um, you, you're you know who my interest. You, you know, he comes out. You know, he started TGF Fighters. Okay, all right, and TGF Fridays started with a place called Mondays. Okay, all right, and he he was an insurance salesman. I know he lived over on First Ave in the 60s because I know that's where he then, the building he met his wife in is also where he put his office in eventually. Um, There was a bar right across the street. There was like, you know, an old kind of New York bar with, you know, saloon shit. He walks in and it goes to the guy, you know, know, there's a lot. I think it's like all the Pan Am like stores were living in his building. Okay. And he goes, yeah. There is so many young women around here. Why, why don't you like maybe put some at that time, like Tiffany lamps in here, or make it kind of like fun, appeal to the demographic. Yeah. And the guy goes, yeah. Hey, why don't you? You want to buy the damn bar? Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now, is this Mondays or is this? This was Mondays. Okay. And he uh, five thousand dollars. I think he borrowed from his parents and he bought the bar and he called it Mondays and he went on to have Tuesday, Wednesdays, Thursdays. And I mean, just looking at that, I mean, I feel like it when you. I feel like Pete, like when you say he's a great marketer,
0: so he knows to appeal to the, he, he the knows, demographic, yes. and he's picking like even like the title of a restaurant. Monday says something like people can relate. Everybody can relate to Monday. Everybody yeah. has existed on a Monday. Everybody has existed on a Friday. Yeah. So you can you can relate to what that person might think of okay on a friday this is what i want to be doing and like okay it's friday that's also a trigger go they ahead. say like when you're brushing your teeth marketers they say know oh, that t- that that stuff that you feel on your teeth well that's plaque and that's your cue to brush your teeth and that's how they sell toothpaste well hey guess what it's friday what do you do on friday Just go, go to fridays party. right yeah. i get it i get it i'm picking you up any other uh details that you can give us as far as what he taught you about marketing
1: you know, have fun with it. You know, don't take yourself so seriously. You go to New York right now, he still has some things. I mean, well, what was it? I was working at one of his steakhouses, Maloney and Porcelli. Right? Well, I love the way he came up with Smith and Lunchki. So he wrote this whole story. You know, he got this, the original place on 49th and 3rd. And I guess they were doing a press release or something like that. I mean my PR people would probably kill me if I just made up a complete <laughs> bullshit story. But he he came up with this whole thing about the, you know, two German families and the Walensky family and the Smith family and blah 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 blah. It was all bullshit. You know how he came up yeah. with the name? No. The New York City the the yellow pages. was okay. just flipping through, saw two names, put it said, wow, but "He's writing the stories. story in the, yeah. the people are hardwired to And pick he up nailed on the, the New and the New York Times bid on it. And then they like wrote when they found out they were duped, you know, they were. But that made it even bigger. Yeah. Right? I any, mean, any press is good press, they say. It he, he would bring out whole sides of beef on the corner of 49th and 3rd Avenue in Manhattan and just start cooking it. <laughs> I mean, when, when. when I remember Maloney Porcelli, I was actually a manager there at the time. The, across the street from the restaurant, it was a great, great uh, location. You had Palace Hotel here, Waldorf across the street. But the, the city was doing some major tunnel work and they had to go a hundred feet down right across the street from the restaurant. So we had this huge hole there for like three years. I mean explosions would be going off, the restaurant would rattle, you know. And he starts putting up everywhere. Because Del Frisco's was over in uh Rockefeller Center. He starts putting up these things. You know you know, our holes bigger than theirs. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. When 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 the recession hit he got in trouble for this one. When the recession hit in two thousand seven he put on the website of Melonio Porcelli a fake uh, – like, you. if you came in and ate, right, and, you know, at that time it was, like, frowned upon to, like, take out clients, right, yeah. spend money at fancy places, expensive restaurants, so that he – it, the the website was a joke, but then lawyers took it a little too seriously, um, making like itemized receipts from Staples or Office Depot or something <laughs> for your receipt from from Maloney and Porcelli. I mean, stuff like that. It's just yeah. fun. So it know? sounds
0: like he's just human, right? And he's, yeah, he's always appealing to the human element. He's always considering the human element and the the social and just I don't know. We'd like to have fun. You know, yeah. Work. Humans like to have fun So anything else Worth mentioning I mean I want to make sure we, we leave plenty of time To talk about Your own businesses uh-huh, yeah. uh, Any other big lessons Because you're with um, This restaurant group For I want to say like What You I mean you traveled Around the country in the With this group right or Yeah was I was in like, Las Vegas
1: yeah. Las Vegas and New York yeah, And Houston actually Yeah and that's how You got to Houston yeah. right So yeah. is it, does it make sense To kind of Jump to that point now. We can jump to All right. It.
0: We're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. We'll be right back to dive into how you started your own business. Cake makes it easy. Thousands of restaurant operators are using Cake POS and loving it. With its easy, simple to use, and intuitive interface, how could you not? Cake users are achieving peak satisfaction with 24-7 customer support, not to mention lifetime access to Cake University. No wonder customer satisfaction scores are so high. Everything about Cake is simple including its POS integration with Cake Guest Manager and Google Reservations, which basically allows your guests to book reservations or get on wait lists straight from Google Search or Google Maps. That's pretty rad. This simple integration alone has increased guest count by as much as 25%. To learn more about how Cake makes it easy, head over to trycake.com slash unstoppable. And because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you can save $750 off activation for Cake Point of Sale. But you have to use my links. Again, that's trycake.com slash unstoppable. All right, we are Back and uh, we're just about to dive into the the your come up story as far as like how you started your own business. So uh, you're in Houston. Um, why leave this restaurant group? What's going on through your mind?
1: Yeah, it, it was my dream to have my own place. Okay. I mean, that's really, really, really the reason I left. Um, you know, I tell my managers the greatest compliment you can get as a, a manager in a restaurant is people ask you if you're the owner. Mm. Um, Hopefully, it's owners that care, right? Um, But I just felt... You know, I went into this business. I think a lot, like, you know, all my buddies went to Wall Street in New York, and I never felt like you created anything. But to do it yourself, to make your own mistakes, to be involved with the design and the the implementation and try to make something that makes people happy... Mm Um, it's just something I really, really, really wanted to do. Um, I feel like I have to point out the fact that the way
0: you went about doing it is the best way to go. Work for the best, right? Yeah. And to get experience all over the place, front of house and back of house purchasing. I think that's one thing people don't have any right. experience. And then you took the time to get you know to learn the numbers, go to Cornell. So you were checking the boxes, and you were you were becoming really well rounded. You were coming the, the right. becoming the full package, right? Then you got your brother. Uh, I don't know if this was in the back of your mind too. Uh, the the the, the kit like the the chef talent. Um, were you always planning on partnering up with your, your brother? Eventually? I, I mean, man,
1: when he filled out in the back issue. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, no, definitely. I mean, I, I'll tell you, it, it, it's awesome right now, with my brother. But
0: we were five a little six of years ago, yeah,
1: yeah I mean, uh, the you know he was hardcore back in the house, and I was trying to see the whole picture, and sometimes yeah. that just. Thanksgiving dinners was butting heads, you know.
0: Yeah, but it's good to have that 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 balance between to have lanes, right? Um, anyway, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk about uh, you make the decision. Yep. You're in Houston, it's 2011. You're you know you're going to open your own place. Mm-hmm. Is it 2011? No, no. I no. moved
1: down here in 2011. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be honest. I was. I mean, the best decision I I've made with everything was coming to Houston and. Suck. I wouldn't say sucking up my pride, but I was like, I'm going to go to Houston and open up my own restaurant. Why Houston? Uh, my wife is from Mexico City. I had my th- my third child, was born in New York, and uh, I had three kids below the age of like four and under. It was a lot of work. Yeah. And for me, I don't mind. I- I'm really easy to move around. Um, but if I'm not living in New York City, and I-, I could live anywhere. Like, I didn't want to live in Long Island or in like, this business sucks to commute. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have normal hours. I kind of really got sick of the snow. I you know, know. I, 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 I like to man, ski, I but it. like, listen, <laughs> if I want to go skiing, I'll, I'll go for a week. Well, plus, know? I feel like the market um, was 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 the market appealing? The, the Houston market? Well, I mean, my dad had talked it up and said, man, Houston's booming. It's it's they're they're really. I mean, this is a, a restaurant business thing. It's you need to go to places that want you, mm-hmm. you know, that that want entrepreneurs, that want people to take a chance. I think Houston embraces that probably more than any other city. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they celebrate it back, you know. Um, but it was really, it was kind of perfect destination, easy flight to New York, easy flight to Mexico City, right in the middle. My wife, you know, growing up in Mexico City, they'd come to, you know, before NAFTA, like, yeah. They'd come here to get diapers. Um, so let's get a little more granular. Uh, what about like the location, the actual physical location? How did you guys settle on the spot? Here? Yeah. Like this restaurant? Yeah.
0: Was this the, the original? Yeah, this is yeah. the
1: original. So let's say, I guess I started working in 2011. And you know, I, I learned the likes. And I'll tell you, the Houston Market, they're either the most loyal guests I've ever seen, or they can be brutal. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, they got opinions, right? Yeah. Uh, like I always say like New Yorkers are not that bad. Like they just don't like it. They just don't come back. But they're not gonna like <laughs> let you know how badly they don't like it. <laughs> Here it could go both ways. But I mean I've been lucky. Um, I think we, uh, on the most part, we make it people happy. Um, I, I couldn't go into a strip mall. Yep. It's just not in my blood growing up in New York. Mm-hmm. And I really did care about architecture and and, and I, I think a building has to add. Um, it has to add character and ambience a charm I mean that's why look at Vegas right now right Vegas they've taken every top restaurant out of New York and maybe LA but but the majority are coming out of New York Mm -hmm. if you really you know major food group guys and they're all coming out of the city and they have locations that have built in character I mean they got brick like that that brick's awesome right that's old Chicago brick from 1920 you know you can't High ceilings, yeah, original wood and stuff. I mean, so Vegas. Once they, re, you know, they they put it in a, in Vegas, it loses that charm automatically. Yeah. It's just not, yeah, what it was. Now, listen, they could copy the food. Anybody can do a recipe. Yeah, they got great cooks out there, but it just it's missing that special thing. Yeah,
0: um, the, this building has history with, yeah. with food and beverage. It Was a bakery at one point. It was a
1: Jewish bakery. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can tell you a cool story about that. The, sure. Um, but so I, I'd been looking and looking for like two, three years and I just didn't find anything that like spoke to me and then this place was falling apart. I mean when I tell you that was a field where the parking lot is, there was no water, there was no electricity, the city had forgotten the, the address. There's trees growing, growing through that wall over there. <laughs> I mean
0: it was But at the same time I think it's a testament to what happens when you buy a building that has good bones.
1: Uh, if the structure's there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, am I... Well, I walked in and my wife... I brought my wife up. I hey, said, baby, look. Uh, look at Lisa just said. She goes, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me?
0: <laughs> I'm like, no, well, it, it's it going to be great. Don't was it, worry. Were there any... I mean, were there any uh, things that you didn't foresee? Ha- like, was it re- reflecting back, knowing what you know now, knowing what, what you ran into to make it happen, what to pull it off? You could never, you you- never have enough...
1: Contingency cash.
0: Okay, how much do you think? Give me a percentage.
1: I mean, I think you should have twenty, at least twenty percent. Twenty percent of what, whatever. And you really got a budget, whatever you think your budget is, go ten percent higher, and then. And the contingency cash is basically just oh shit money. Like, oh, didn't shit. think of that. Oh, I mean, I'll tell you longer. right here. I mean, you know, Houston, the uh, foundations are a big deal, right? Because we got shitty ground, and it's always shifting or moving. Um, that's why we don't have basements, right? Um, half of, and it must have been where they had these huge ovens, but. Right where our elevator was going, of course, nobody knows this, right? The foundation was five feet thick, wow. which is incredible. Like, then I started getting nervous. There's some like fucking artifacts and burial grounds, and then I'm completely screwed, <laughs> right? But overall, like, even the majority of our foundation, I remember a contractor coming in and he goes, uh, I said, So, you know, they got to cut, drop all the pipes and everything. And they start saw cutting, and it's not going anywhere. <laughs> and he goes, Oh, yeah, most foundations make six inches. Thick at the most, the whole freaking place was three feet thick. Wow! Two days later, I see this like machine inside that and I looked at. It, and I goes, oh shit, that looks expensive, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'm like, so what's this thing? Doing? Oh, he goes, oh, I just took down an eleven story building with this. I was like, oh god. <laughs> so what? when we're thinking
0: of the this contingency of having this money in the bank, this oh shit money in the bank, yeah. what variables are you are you um, considering that most people. Don't consider when they're trying to think about. I mean, I think people are usually way short on their estimate to uh, begin with. Way short. So even like twenty percent is like a little, you know, that's barely
1: covering your oh shit. Plus, well, I mean, it depends so. how much your, your 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 thing is like. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you right now, I'm doing a, a restaurant. Well, Annie, I mean, I, I wanted to come in at seven fifty. I know it's not, but I'm prepared for mm. it. Um, so. My my like budget in reality that I don't tell people is a million, Mm -hmm. and then I got another two fifty, two hundred on the side for more shit. Now I'm fully covered, yeah, and I'm good. So when you're negotiating, you're you're
0: you're putting into ah the the Google card just drove by. Holy crap, that's cool. I just got distracted Mm -hmm. way too easily. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so so basically. Be conservative is what I'm hearing. Be very conservative. So be super conservative. Factor in everything. And come in low so you can have some wiggle room to go above.
1: Yes. And Uh, and don't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, conservative. Forecast conservatively. Yeah. You know, everything has to be kind of. It can't go worst case because it's got to be a viable, feasible business. Right. But. We're living on the edge case. Yeah. That's how I like to look at it. What about
0: investors? How did you find your investors? How so, did you work those relationships?
1: I mean, it was some was friends and family, and then, which I'm kind of really, I am really proud of it. That's Three investors were guests at the Smith and Wolensky here in Houston. Wow. Dive and, into
0: those relationships and how you uh, form those relationships. How you, uh, I mean, I don't want to say too much. Just take it from there. Oh, I
1: mean, it's just being in this, you know, I was the general manager talking, being around people, helping people out, you know. And I guess they just believed in me. I mean, I asked, I, I did the business plan, I did all those steps, and said, so, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you be in? Yeah. Yeah. And They jumped on it. You and know? I think
0: that's the one. One of the biggest lessons I've learned from this podcast is the having the mentality that you never know who you're serving. You could but, if you have the as you know, the aspiration, the vision, the dream of opening your own place. Treat every guest that you touch like they're your future your, your future uh, yeah. investor because they could very well be, yeah. and they're going to be your, your biggest fans. Right? They're going to be your biggest supporters because of the relationships you develop with them. And I think one of your investors is also a lawyer. Did I pick? that? Yeah, I, I have I one. That? One's an attorney. Yeah. So if you can well, I mean, find. Also,
1: (laughs) you have – this wasn't on purpose, but then I was, like, thinking, oh, this is, like, a really good way to kind of market myself. So I have one that's an attorney. Okay. uh, You know, big-time, white-collar attorney here in Houston. Another that's in the oil business.
0: Well-connected. You
1: know, another who's construction but really big in the rodeo. And so now you're using these people. They're they're your marketing team, right? I mean – they want it to do well, but you're, but you know, the lawyer's going to bring all his lawyer buddies over. The oil guy's going to bring the energy people and over. And if you're a steakhouse, right. you know, that's your demographic. Um, I didn't even ask. I mean, obviously, I had to get some help from family, but I didn't ask my buddies in New York who are now killing it in, in Wall Street because. They weren't gonna really help me here yeah they they're, they, they weren't no gonna way to way be proud course. of it yeah you
0: know they, they're not gonna bring their family and their yeah. friends uh I hear what you're saying like you know do business with people in the community mm-hmm. right, and if those people also fit your demographic even better yeah uh, and if those people are have a background in construction and legal yeah now you're building your team even they're now they're more than just money they're right. they're advisors yeah. right they can, oh, yeah you know that's so so were you intentional when you're surrounding yourself with these no people?
1: they were just I really enjoyed their company. Um and after just talking I tell you that kind of just fell into place. Mm. But I mean it's Houston so well Houston does have a lot of his lawyers and energy people, <laughs> yeah, right? It's
0: more <laughs> more than likely in other places. Yeah. Um so t- take us through I mean what 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 were take us through anything. I mean, this is your time to kind of
1: talk about what you think. Uh, let me tell you about the, the building though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a cool story cuz this is also where like places matter, right? right. And there there there's connections and it's weird. So, we won uh, this award by the Houston um, Preservation Society called the Good Brick Award. And they give it out annually for people that, you know, reutilize, you know, keep an old building. So, for this one, this building was built, I think, in 1919 or something. And it's called the Dittman Bakery. And the Dittman family, they were Jewish Polish people that came out, of, came from New York and opened up this bakery. Here. really
0: know how to pour a foundation. Yeah. Really know how to pour a foundation.
1: <laughs> and... um so we wanted and it got into the Houston Chronicle and this woman sends me an email or she called me. She goes, you know, I'd love to come over. I want to show you some things. I'm like the great niece of, you know, the Dittmans. I, I I'm a Dittman or something. And I was like, and I'd love to see what you did with the building. And the, I was like, oh, yeah, definitely. And she comes over and she shows me articles and she kind of explained more of the family to me. And then I'm walking her up the stairs, and she's like, is this Brick Original? And I go, yeah. And she starts touching it, and she starts crying. That's like another little rule me, please don't cry in front of me. Like, especially <laughs> a boy, I can't handle it. I'm not good with crying. Um, <laughs> she starts crying. I'm like, is everything alright? She goes, no, I'm alive because of this building. And I go, wow. And she starts telling me, she goes, well, when we were Two broke out, um, you know, my great-great-uncle or Whoever Dittman was to him, brought over 38 members of their family from Poland wow. on work visas to come and work in the bakery. And she basically goes, If he hadn't done that and gotten us out of, you know, Warsaw or yeah, Poland, yeah. we would probably not be here today. That's crazy. And I'm alive because of this building, which wow. is pretty cool.
0: That is awesome. Yeah.
1: That is cool. Thank you for
0: sharing that. Uh, so. One thing that I, I want to make sure we talk about, I want to put it on the table, maybe we can go straight there now, is one thing I'm really impressed by what you've done is, you know, you, you almost didn't make the cut. One of the things I make as a standard is five years in business, wow. right? Um, that way, because I, I like to see longevity. You've been open for four years, right? Four years, but you've scaled uh, to seven locations, almost seven locations yeah. in four years. Uh, how have you been able to... What I picked up from my guests in the past is that when you you, you scale by creating opportunity for others. When you have people on your team, they need to go someplace, you you give them a restaurant. You give them an opportunity. Were you able to attract yourself on or or attract onto yourself so many people that you could scale like that? Or how how have you been able to scale so successfully?
1: And how are you maintaining that culture? Well, I mean, you can't do anything without people and good people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's... It's like you get yourself in a situation. You just got to go, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, Fort Worth wasn't wasn't really planned. I wasn't planning on doing it. Wait, go back a little bit. So you get yourself in a situation. You just got to go. Dissect that a little more. What do you mean by well, that? Well, you sign a lease and it's like an oh shit moment. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is real, right? Yeah. You can't like call your mom and say, hey, can I get a note to get out of this lease? No, that doesn't work yeah. that way. Um, so you're saying put yourself in those oh shit situations where you have to go. I mean, you better be prepared, right? Yeah. But... I was really lucky opening this one. I had worked with really good people. They came down. I guess they believed in me enough to come and take a shot and work with me. Um, we had a good core. And then that core, forget about it, take me out of it. I mean, at that time I was what, 37. What I made think. the core good? How do you know you have a good Experience, core? Experience, the way they treat people. I mean, my, my, my Chef Tommy, who's now kind of like our corporate chef. This guy came over to the United States at 16 from Egypt, you know, straight to New York, worked in steakhouses, Smith and 38 years. I mean, this guy just. How did, oh. you, do, did you know these people? Oh, yeah, from we working? worked together. I, I think that's a another, lot of people yeah, we work with.
0: I think that's another huge thing that's worth putting emphasis on. Um, people get into this industry with no experience. Right. And they have the hardest time putting together a team. Or they just, you know, when you've worked in this industry for 10, 15 years, um, you, you have a network That's your yeah. first
1: That's your your foundation if, of the people. if you don't have that I mean yeah. I wouldn't even try it right? right You just gotta have people to pull Okay I just wanna put emphasis on that Yeah no to, and, and it's also You know there's a lot of different schools of thought Or how to operate Right There's a You know chef driven Which is good Would be hard for me to step into Right Or yeah. even hard to work with A a guy who came out of a chef driven restaurant Right Because they're They're really back of the house focused mm-hmm. Um and I kind of try to take this overall picture focus, right? Um, but, my, you know, that happened with my brother. He came to really chef-driven places. Um, I think you worked at Balloude, did I say that? Yeah, place? he worked at Danielle. He, I mean, he, he he was with Andrew Carmelini for, like, ever. You know, he opened up La Verde's Verde, his first kick-ass restaurant. Okay. Avoce. Oh, I mean, the Dutch. Uh, he was... One of Dan, uh, Andrew Carmelini's, like, boys, you know, and then when he wanted to go learn more French style and technique, Carmelini, you know, said, I'll call my buddy Daniela, you know, yeah. and get your job there <laughs> yeah. and go work with Eric over at Le Bernardin. Oh, like, yeah. But, you know, when you do a great <laughs> job, yeah. people want, you know, again, I mean, my brother got a ton of experience in different styles and with great chefs and great restaurants. Um because of his relationship with, with the people he worked for, really, yeah, so and you, they respected him
0: absolutely. So you put in the, this, this emphasis on the foundation. How did you pull this team together? How what did that look like? Going back
1: to your, I network, was begging people
0: together. to come work for
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I said, I got this guy, this idea. We're gonna do this steakhouse. I have a butcher shop. I'm all trust me, at least sign. You're coming. Um, <laughs> I mean, Tommy, I, I like it was multiple beers. She said, come on, man! Come on, man! Come yeah. on, man! You know. Um, so you got to stay on people. You got to be persistent. Yeah, I think we can't just
0: you know not everybody can recruit anybody. There's a certain respect you must have had uh, working in the industry, having this this experience in steakhouses, working yeah. in New York City, working all over the place. Like,
1: well, we had trust in each other too. I mean, obviously you have to trust the person you're working for or with, right? That they're going to do the right thing. Because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people in this business that i don't do the right thing. You know that the employees get screwed and stuff like that. You know, you're looking out for yourself and not the business. Um but we pulled that, you know, it, it's also there, there's something about numbers, right? I mean, this restaurant alone has 114 employees. Wow. Um we got a lot of people from day one. You know, you start nurturing people and creating, you know, people buying into our style and our way. How and you get them to buy in. I mean, I think it's Doing it yourself too and, and living it, right? I mean, I don't know why they all buy into, you know, but I, I, it's caring, right? Mm. Like, I, I tell my managers too, it's hire people who care first. We can teach everything else, but they gotta care. How do you know they care? It's hard. I mean, we've made some, you know, mess ups and stuff, but it's, you know, talking more about hospitality. It's just watching, looking at their resume, seeing, you know, honestly, longevity. Sometimes means a lot, right? Yeah. Especially in this business where people pop around for an extra dollar, or that the, the n- next greatest new restaurant opens up, and they think they can make more money over there quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can talk to people and get their sense of it, right? If if they're in it because it's a job, or if they're in it because they really enjoy yeah.
0: what, it. What what you know? What what are their values? What, what in, and that will come out not just by what they say, but what they do with their right. actions, right? And paying attention to actions. Yeah. Uh, so. In the past four years, mm-hmm. knowing what you know now, reflecting back on the past four years, I mean, where can you shed the most light on your success? Like, what things can you share with us that you've done right, or maybe things you've done wrong that you've corrected for that we
1: can prevent making those same mistakes in our business? Um, well, I think a lot of my success is is being there. Uh, I mean, definitely being present, present. Gotcha. Right. It's being present with the staff. It's being present with your guests it's you know always being accessible I mean I tell people I I put my when I do have a business card on me I put my cell phone on it, right and you know I I hand it out to anything you want right I mean obviously the day that nobody texts me for a reservation is gonna be brutal right but I'm like no no please I enjoy it one I'm I'm the owner so I get to say yes at any time anytime I want right but um So it's just I'm really
0: curious, you piqued my interest. Uh, what is the craziest request you've gotten? Because you've given some of your cell phone, because you're willing to say yes.
1: I mean, I don't know about (laughs) crazy requests. You don't have any we can skip over this. Yeah, I mean hotels you get more crazy requests. I think just letting people know that you're willing. Right. The the ones I think are crazy is uh, you know, obviously open table and resi and all this, you know, everybody writes, right? Everything's online. I think it's crazy when it's really important and you just write it down and you don't make a phone call. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because we really want to help you and make you special, but like the amount of things, I think it's crazy that somebody would write, I want rose petals all over my table and blah, blah, blah. And they just write it. Why wouldn't you call? Like, you're proposing, give us a call. Yeah. Like, let's talk this through We it can crazy. really make I mean, this special You can have one person Just dedicated
0: to like Filtering and screening All of these channels Of communication Between like you said Resi Open table yeah. uh, Email You know Facebook messenger Instagram messenger uh, Like it, you come in it, come, it comes from everywhere now Everywhere Yeah They um, pay for it <laughs> so, how do you, so how do you Handle that what, what systems have you Developed to make sure Things aren't getting Through the cracks
1: well, I mean, it's it's management, right? It's it's checking it. It's the GMs looking. I look at everything every day. I mean, I look just recognize names. I look to see. You know, we try to look through and, and see where we can do special for some people. They give us that information. You know, Danny Meyer, they like killed that or started that real, that philosophy at uh, Levin Madison Park. What with, exactly is this philosophy you're talking about? Well, I mean, they, you know, Levin Madison Park is famous for going overboard and trying to. Take a piece of information about a guest evening or their plans with you and take it to the next level. Um, you know, and, and then it's the follow through, it's the execution of it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's where you got people got to care about it, but there's so much information that people can give you, you know, and sometimes it's almost, you got to help, helping people tell you what they want, right? Yeah. I don't mind a really, you know, I, when somebody knows what they want and how they want it, you're not, like, annoying to me. You're the perfect person, right? Yeah. It's when I say, well, how would you like your steak? Oh, I don't know. How <laughs> should I have it? How does the chef think I should? No, tell me what you want. Yeah. We want to give you exactly what you want. I hear you. Right? Yeah. I mean, we did this dinner three weeks ago that was badass, right? I, mean, I don't think it. it's kind of like one of those drop the mic dinners. I'm never going to get these four people in my restaurant ever again. Right? Most restaurants will get it. it was, we, we did Mick Jagger's birthday party. Okay. And, wait, wait uh, like le- legit? Legit. That's yeah. awesome. Keith Richards, all of them in here. Okay. And, uh, and, and this isn't
0: a themed party. Like This is No, legit. this was <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> his
1: 76th birthday. That's crazy. And one of his handlers, I mean, he stressed me out to the nth degree. I was dealing straight with him on it. But he knew exactly what they wanted. And even though he might have changed his... Mind right up into like the final moment, he told us everything, mm-hmm. and all we had to do was execute that, right? Yeah, and that made it a success. It was a big success.
0: So, how do we set our our guests up for success? How do we how do we make that path a reality? of This path of least resistance to them giving us what they want. How do we get them? How do we cue them to to, to tell us what they want?
1: I mean, if I knew that perfectly, I would. Be killing it even more, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you know I really think it's you know, it's it's the servers at the table. It's talking to them. It's that thing I talked about before about reading from afar, about being able to like feel out the table. Um and it's it's not being scared to talk to people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's not being the best servers we have. You know, literally will explain and then ask at the same time. You know, you know, here's the steak. We, you know, you tell me how we want you to do it. It's going to be great this way. Blah, blah, blah. But we want you to give us the information. Mm-hmm. Um, I got you. I mean, it's servers. though. So it's the people you have. It's all the. What would you say you your um, What lane
0: are you in as far as a restaurant tour? Like, what do you do best? And how do you. Where do you surround
1: yourself with other people? What do I do best? Yeah. Um, I think I push. What do you mean by that? I have a sense of urgency. Okay. We don't stop. We go. Uh, uh, How do you, I'm learning right now. This is the hard one to let good people do their job well. Say that one I more time. Let good people do their job well. I'm learning to let that happen because when when you're on your own and you got all the risk in the world financially and you got a family and you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, I got this restaurant. Yeah, you got to be the shot caller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but now, with great people around me. Hire them, and I have them around me for a reason. Let them do their job. Yeah. you know. So,
0: so, I love that um, you said what you do is you push. How do you push people without pushing them away?
1: How do you find well, that? No, line? it's it's. I have a vision. I think you know. They see it. a lot of times they want me to communicate a little better, right? Mm-hmm. Pull it out of my head. Yep. Um, but we're having fun doing this, right? Okay. It, it, we're always having fun. We're going out to mails We're laughing, right? But. We're not going to stop. And I think people know that this is happening no matter what you do. you mm-hmm. know. So let's be proud of what we're doing. So you create that sense of urgency. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. listen, that's a New York thing, right? Urgency. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. sometimes in the South, things are like, oh, let's go. Let's speed it up here. So you're the one that's, you know, your foot's on the
0: accelerator all the time. You're setting yeah. the pace, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, how do you do that without pissing people off? How
1: do you do that with? Knowing how to motivate people. Knowing how to talk to people differently. I mean... Back to full circle. Back to the beginning. It's knowing how to read people, how to get them going. I mean, my chef Tommy, who I know his brain's always going, and I know he's in his garage, smoke, well, he just quit smoking, thank God. But, uh, you know, I know at night he's thinking of how we're going to get this done. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, in the middle of the day, I'm not going to go, Tommy, so what are we doing? I know tomorrow he's going to tell me. So the other thing that that you said that you're
0: uh, getting better about right now is delegating, basically, and getting out of the way from letting the people you surround yourself do their thing. How I'm sure that is relatable to a bunch of people listening to this. So how have you gotten better? You said you still got work to do, but you've gotten better. What's the conversation? Dialogue. I I
1: try to step out. Yeah, literally. I mean, I want to know, but like I just hired. He was my GM in Fort Worth, and he's a king. Um, but he's a great motivator. This guy, Darren McDonald, and he's been in the business for 40 years. Um, and we just brought him on to be the, the um, like director of operations, right? Because I, I, I was failing my GMs by – I thought I wanted to be – you know the GMs got to come to me, right? I was failing them. I don't have the time. I'm building a restaurant. I know they don't want – they think they don't – they're going to bother me with silly questions. So I, I felt I was failing them. I wasn't there to nurture and help them. And Darren's come on, and I said, "And Darren, I mean, but he's this guy's a pro, right?" He goes, "Ben, yeah. I got to make decisions. I'm not doing this damn job." And I said, yeah, "Darren, that's why I want you. I I, I can't make every decision, and it, and it's not fair to the company. It's not fair to the people, you know. And people love you, so let's go. I love it.
0: I love it. Um, so one question I want to start asking all my guests: uh, mm-hmm. the the mission statement is to inspire, empower, and transform the industry. So how have you transformed personally? Who were you?" Uh, four years ago or maybe even 17 years ago when you got into this industry compared to who you are now? How have you transformed?
1: That's a tough question. Yeah, yeah. I should have yeah, read, I I read that one I don't, earlier. I, I don't, don't ask the easy questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say I think I believe in people a lot more. Than I did before I think And my dad told me one thing I got screwed over On something with a partner And He gave me He told me Ben you can't stop trusting people And then I took that even farther Or further With my employees everywhere I truly believe my dishwasher Has something to offer Everybody here We gotta pull it out of them But I really believe In people
0: Yeah Yeah You've got to extend trust before you yeah. can receive it. And I think that's one thing. People who are jaded, who don't trust anybody, because yeah. the world's out to get them, maybe you're not getting anything because you don't trust anybody. Right. Maybe you're, 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 you're the cause, right? right. And, and once you flip it around and you start trusting and believing in others, it's amazing how it's a two-way street. Yeah. Um, awesome stuff. I've loved this conversation. We're going to take one more quick break to thank our sponsors, and we're going to bust out a quick speed round. If you're sick of paying multiple vendors and services to outfit your restaurant needs only to deal with the frustrations of technology that's clunky and void of that seamless experience that you so need, then you've got to check out Restaurant 365, a cloud-based restaurant-specific accounting and back office platform that seamlessly integrates with your POS system, payroll provider, food and beverage vendors, and banks with restaurant 365 you'll have real-time reporting and analysis to make the best and most data-driven decisions no more guessing other features include detailed daily and labor data from your POS system accounts payable automation automated bank reconciliation incorporated inventory management with guidance on reducing your food cost and scheduling features to reduce labor costs and engage your employees all saving you time money and and headaches take action today and find out how Restaurant 365 is saving restaurant owners up to 5% on prime costs that's awesome head over to restaurant365.com/unstoppable and qualify for 30% off implementation and get a free inventory build within the system a value of 5k hospitality online with bento box by signing up today at get slash unstoppable and save up to $1,500 on initial setup for your new restaurant website. We're back. And the first question I have for you is what is your it factor, a habit, a trait, a characteristic you believe most contributes to your success? Urgency. What is your biggest weakness? Uh, delegating. What is one question you ask Or thing you look for When you're
1: building your team Caring
0: What does caring look like I think we kind of Touched on it earlier
1: But I mean It's got to be empathy I think I think empathy's got to be And you can see empathy In people's Mm -hmm. faces Um,
0: I think That's good Uh, What is one Of your biggest challenges Today
1: Seeing the future
0: And how are you dealing With that challenge
1: trying to listen to our guests and see how things are changing.
0: Okay. Share one code of conduct or behavior you teach your team.
1: This is a way to be, a way to act, a core value. I think more than anybody, we empower the managers to make big decisions. I mean, we have something where all managers, if they just want to blow somebody away, we just say, you know, especially regular guests and people, we just pick up the check every now and then. Wow. I would just say thank you. You've been great. is on us tonight. Beautiful stuff like that I love it I love it uh, What is
0: one book That's a must read To make us a better Person or restaurant Owner
1: One book To make us a better per- Man Restaurant owners Don't have time to read What are you talking Audio about Audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. And not, it's, you know Not everybody's A, a big on reading they're, they're big on Connecting with people In real life I'm one yeah. of those people I listen to a lot of Audiobooks but I sit down With people every day And I learn from them Right so, what's, how do you get your inspiration? How do you learn? Let me ask you that question.
1: How do I learn? Yeah. Um, I really, honestly, it's talking to people and it's going out and just watching. I love it. Um, I mean, I, I, I can, I, I'm not a loner and I got tons of family to be around and kids, And but I, I'll go just sit at a bar and check places out by myself all day. Just yeah. watch. I love
0: it. I love it. Uh, what is one thing you feel tours don't do well enough or often enough? Relax. And this is almost the last question. What is one thing or one piece of technology you've adopted within your four walls that's had a huge impact on operations, systems, uh, profitability, communication, anything along those lines?
1: Um, man, so much right now. I would say – I got to give two shout. Out. Well, one. A company called Avero. Cornell, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love Avero and I love Compete. So Avero is a datum – Basically, so it's a – it does where, like, Micros will fall off or even Compete. You know, Compete? Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're Austin guys. Yep. Um, I love Compete, too. Um, Averro takes all that stuff, and it actually makes it way more manageable. And you can really dig deeper, even in real time, better than the reports Micros can give you from its own thing, right? So Averro – looks at all the communication, all the data that's happening, and pulls it together and makes it more consumable. Way more consumable and okay. way more manageable. So we can – I mean, even on my, my micros, it's hard to, like, create reports all the time, right? My managers who don't have – some of them don't have top-line, like, understanding Excel or spreadsheets. They're running their own reports. They have it on their phone. Mm-hmm. They can see right away from, you know, contests, stuff like Instantaneous. that. Instantaneous. Instantaneously, and they can create – they can have fun with it. They can create different things. They want to see, you know, how, how much ice cream we're doing, whatever. A- Averro's just made it really easy to uh, try to pull things out yeah. of the numbers.
0: And then compete an all-in-one restaurant platform, scheduling. Yeah. Um, inventory. It's an inventory awesome inventory accounting. system. Yeah, um, We're
1: big on inventory, right? Proteins. So are, what,
0: which, which is the feature
1: of Compete that you most enjoy? Inventory. Okay. Cool. Uh, basically inventory. Yeah, I mean, because everything comes down to... You know we, It connects We know I mean we put the recipes yeah. in Right So it's, it's What you put in But ver- You know Theoretical Versus actual Yeah uh, the- I'm
0: pulling back the layers here Because I can tell that you're really into the tech You yeah. enjoy the tech um, So I'm curious um, Did you have this robust system From day one Or was
1: Yeah this so new- Smith & Was like one of the first companies To jump on Compete Okay And But they never used it To it's max okay. Right and I and I, I I I used this in Vegas in like 2000 something whenever I was there, you know, 2003 or 4 or 5, I don't remember. And I just it's you know, it's like you talk to the chef, I could go across the street and say, "Hey, what's our best-selling you know, brunch item?" Oh, well, this one's not selling. Uh, so let's look, right? I mean, and then you start showing them, wow, we really sell that much of that <laughs> yeah. or something? Or we're not selling that? Yeah. Um, I just think Compete, it doesn't lie to you. You can get a little too addicted to it. Um, but it's it's Excel-based, which is really nice if you like Excel. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think you've given us enough. Yeah, it's good. Th-
1: yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so this is the last question, and I have
0: a feeling you're going to give me shit for it when I ask because uh-huh. of personality. But it's a doozy, so get ready. Uh-oh. <laughs> If you got the news, you'd be leaving this world tomorrow. Uh-huh. All the memories of you, your work, and your restaurants would be gone with your departure. Uh-huh. But you could leave behind three pieces of wisdom for your for your legacy and for the good of humanity. Three things you could leave behind that you know to be true. What would those three pieces of wisdom be? This is the last question. It's a doozy. What do you got for oh me? Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew that you were going to have fun with this one. Three
1: pieces <laughs> of wisdom. <laughs> Emily, what would you write down? <laughs> Um, but, like about the restaurant, or? just
0: things you know to be true about life. If if about you life. if your
1: son was sitting down
0: and you're leaving, you yeah. can leave three things to your son to make him better or, or your daughter.
1: I mean, you got to be truthful. Truthful, number one. Yeah. Um, you got to be there. You got to be, be responsible. Present. Be yeah. Sure. Yeah. Responsible, um, present. Yeah, be present, and. Uh, don't take it all too, don't take too seriously.
0: I love it, man. This has been a great conversation. We wrap up every chat by calling someone out. Who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody you respect and admire and believe would make a great guest mentor like you made for us today?
1: Restaurant guy? Yeah, please. Hey, Andrew Carmelini is okay. pretty... I mean, you talk about a guy who kind of did it all the same way from a chef standpoint and now has an empire from just cooking really simple. He's great out of New to- York, right? He's a New Yorker, yeah. Andrew
0: look out I'm coming after yeah. you I'd love to get you On the show And then lastly um, If you've been You know If we resonated With your story If we want to come Work for you Maybe uh, What's the best way To connect To come join your team Or be a part of What you're doing um, I- think we
1: have a jobs thing on the website uh, um, berghospitality.com or, yeah right, but every restaurant jobs at berghospitality.com I'll link to it in the show notes yeah. uh, and again, just
0: stop in, man <laughs> <right>? <laughs> this is episode 645 head over to restaurants slash 645 I'll have a summary of today's discussion as well as a link to any tools or services books recommended and again uh, Ben just thank you so much for taking the time to, to work me into your schedule to sit with me to share your story and your knowledge and your mentorship there is No questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. Boom. Cheers. All right. There we go. Another episode in the archive here at Restaurants Unstoppable. Just a quick reminder that on September 3rd, I am going to be hosting a live webinar with Casey Anton, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com/slash profit first to register for that webinar and get all of your profit first money management system questions answered and to really dive into what makes the restaurant industry unique when it comes to using the profit first system. Get that big picture, hang out with us and it's really important, guys, that you have a system to manage your, your money. Um, this is probably one of my biggest challenges. I am going through the process of implementing the Profit First Money Management System for my own business, and we can go through it together. So, again, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash Profit First and come hang out and learn all about the Profit First Money Management System. Peace.